for this uh, New Year's Eve and New Year's uh, theme, I'm looking at 1 Timothy chapter 6 and verse 11. If you're using the church Bibles here, it's page number 1693. I want to focus on one specific uh, uh, thing here that Paul mentions. I'll read the whole verse, then I'll tell you which one I'm focusing on. Uh, 1 Timothy 6.11, uh, Paul is saying, But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. I want to focus on pursuing godliness. That's the focus. 1 Timothy 6.11, pursue godliness. May that be our desire for 2024. 1 Timothy 6.11. Just to give you a little uh, definition of godliness, because Paul talks about this in this a particular letter at least about four times. Uh, a simple way to figure out what godliness is to live a God-conscious and a God-pleasing life. That's how I would describe what a godly life, what godliness means. To live a God-conscious, meaning that God is always watching me. I'm living a life conscious of God who's watching me as well as I'm living a life that is a life that is pleasing to him. Sometimes we can say, I don't care who watches. I live any way I want. So it's not just being God conscious, but also a God pleasing life. At least four times in, in this book, Paul stresses on that. If you look at chapter two, verse two, he talks about uh, praying for uh, uh, those in authority, that we might live quiet lives and with godliness. And in 1 Timothy 4, 8, he talks about praying yourself to be godly. And just in this um, uh, same chapter 6, if you look at verse 6, he says, godliness with contentment is great gain. So the, the call is for us to live godly lives in 2024. More godly, if I, if I were to put it that way, uh, to be uh, pursuing it. That word pursue is a strong word. It's a word that uh, has the idea of uh, a wild animal going after its prey. It's focused on going after it. Nothing will, uh, like we say sometimes a dog with a bone, you know, it's a, won't let go, just pursuing it and holding on to it. That's kind of the idea. We want to uh, pursue godliness, pursue godliness. And sometimes we might wonder, do I need anything uh, to pursue this godliness? Well, obviously the fun foundation requirement is we need Jesus Christ. We need Jesus Christ. We need the true God of the Bible in our hearts. Because everything else is going after false gods, false religion. We are sinners. Earlier we were talking about that, right? Uh, the foundation of uh, a new life in Jesus Christ is to Acknowledge we are guilty before a holy God. We don't have what it takes to live a life pleasing to him. The foundation is acknowledging that and turning to Jesus Christ. Accepting the forgiveness he offers on that cross or through that cross by his death and later by his 
resurrection. So if any of you are here this evening, we're so glad you're here. So glad that all of you are here. But if any of you who are here, who has truly not given their life to Jesus Christ, it doesn't matter if if you've been born in a Christian home. It does not matter if you've been in church all your life. True godliness is something that's on the inside. It shows on the outside, but sometimes we can pretend to be godly on the outside, but not really be godly on the inside. A lot of times in the church, people want to be called as a godly man or a godly woman, but they don't really want to be godly. There's a big difference in wanting to be called as a man of God or as a woman of God, but not really pursuing on the inside. So I'm, I'm repeating that. It's not about outside. It's inside. If you have never committed your life to Jesus Christ, don't step into another year without doing that. And you don't have to wait. You can do it right here, right now. Lord, save me. That's all it takes from your heart. Lord Jesus, save me. Forgive me of all my sins. I'm a sinner. I deserve hell because I've sinned against you who've been so good to me. Forgive me. Make me your child. He will answer that prayer. And once he does that, you want to pursue godliness. A life that lives with the knowledge that God is seeing, God is watching, God is hearing, and God knows everything in my heart. He's seeing what I'm doing. He hears everything I say because he's all-knowing. He knows what I think. He knows my motives also. That's living this God-conscious life. So because he knows all that, I want to live a life that pleases him. Live a life that is in accordance to what he has told us in the scriptures. When we become Christians, when we accept Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us. And 2 Peter 1.3, 2 Peter 1.3, the Apostle Peter tells us, we have been given all the power to live a godly life. We don't need anything more. We have what it takes. The key is to use what he has given to us, meaning to submit to the Holy Spirit, to rely on the Holy Spirit to help us live this life. Godliness does not come automatically. We don't get up and stumble onto being godly. That is why in 1 Timothy 4, 8, if you go just two chapters before, you find Paul giving this command. It's not a suggestion, it's a command. Second part of verse 7, I'm sorry, second part of verse 7. He says, train yourself to be godly. Why train myself? That word train has the idea of exercise, being in a gymnasium. Uh, The word gymnasium actually comes from that word train, which means labor, sweat, hard work, persistent work, consistent You know if you're into bodybuilding, if you miss out a few days and you go back, it's not easy. You have to pick it up slowly and go. But you need to do it consistently. That's the idea here. You cannot say one day I want to be godly or last few days I've been godly so I can take a break. 
No, it's not an option. Because one day will become multiple days. It turns into months, years. And before you realize, you're sinking into despair. So the command here is train yourself to be godly. That's the goal. Discipline yourself for the purpose of godliness. Another translation puts it that way. Discipline yourself. Train yourself. What is involved in this training? What is involved in this training to be godly? It's one thing to pursue. It's one thing to train. But what is all involved in this so-called training? Well, obviously, we need to be faithful in taking in the word of God consistently in 2024. Read your Bibles. Read your Bibles. It never fails. When I ask people when they're in discouragement or when they're walking away, if you ask, how's your Bible reading? There's always that pause. Unless you could be really a hypocrite, say that I'm really doing good in my devotions, but you're living a life contrary to what you're reading. It's not just reading, you're reading for the purpose of godliness. Remember, training for the purpose of godliness, trained to be godly. So when I'm reading the Bible, I should read it with the attitude, Lord, speak to me, change me, correct me where I'm wrong. Help me to pray through this text. Work in me. Scripture reading. Next, as the word of God goes in, confess. Because the word of God convicts. So take some time as you read the Bible. Lord, even as I'm looking at this text, train yourself to be godly. I have not done that in 2023 as much as I should have. I just read the Bible almost like I got to do it. Half asleep, half awake, or I'm in my rush. But even though I'm tired, I always seem to have the time, no matter how busy I am with all other things. Because in earlier, he says part of verse 7 is, have nothing to do with godless myths and old wives' tales. So what he's saying is, don't give your time to all these useless things. Social media, I'm not against it. But even if it's not ungodly sometimes, it can lead you towards ungodliness in terms of wasting your time. Enormous amount of time. And it always comes with that little hidden bait to lead you to ungodliness, to immorality, to the things that you shouldn't be watching. It plants seeds of temptation. The longer you dwell, the deeper it will take you. It starts out as something that is harmless, but because it is not helpful, I'm talking about enormous amounts of time without giving you time for the word of God and confession. It takes time. When you read the Bible, you have to let the word of God soak inside of you so you can see where God is correcting you, if there is an example to follow, a sin to forsake, a promise to claim, an example to follow, whatever might be the case. You need to dwell on the scriptures and confess and then turn that into a prayer. Lord, change me. I want to excel in this. I don't want to settle for being okay in this. Paul always talks about, hey, you're good in this. I hear about your love for one another, but I want you to excel Come better. Give yourself more and more to godliness. Fellowship is very important, part of being a godly life. 
God has not called Christians to live in an island. He's called us to be in fellowship, to be together, to encourage one another, correct one another, pray for one another. How can you pray for one another if you're not in fellowship because you don't even know what the needs of others are? Take time to be in Bible studies, to be in prayer meetings. Take time. Cultivate that. That's all part of godliness. Remember, you do not get up and stumble onto godliness. You have to train yourself to be godly. And training involves a lot of self-control. We've heard about self-control this morning. Self-discipline. You have to have that focus. Many things, many voices will keep shouting at you. But you should be willing to say, no, because I believe this is God's command. It's not a question mark. Should I train myself to be godly? When God puts a period, don't turn it into a question mark. That's what Satan did in the Garden of Eden. You shall not eat. You cannot eat? You should. Some good things may also need to go if you want to be godly. I'm not talking just about cutting away some bad things. Some good things need to give way to greater things. Godliness. So when you're thinking, don't just think, okay, maybe I should not watch this, I should not watch that, but also some things that you're doing good. Maybe you need to say no to certain things. You don't need to be at every get-together people invite you. If that becomes a habit, then you're not into your world constantly. Saturday nights, you're so tired. Sunday mornings, you cannot even sit through a sermon. Why? It's because you're not training yourself to be godly. When Paul is talking about this, if you notice, Paul always uses this athletic imagery. Why? Because that's the way we can identify. It takes sweat. It takes work. It takes effort. And the more you are into the scriptures, the more you are practicing to be more godly, the more you develop an ongoing fear of God. Look around. Is there a fear of God? In the church I'm talking about today, let alone the world. I don't expect the world to fear God. But the church is not fearing God now. Professing Christians living such ungodly lives, unholy relationships, never breaking it off, lingering, What do you think that's going to happen to your soul? You cannot be godly in an ungodly setting. Now, when I say that, I have to clarify certain things. If you are in a marriage, if you're in a family, home, where others are not believers, you can still be a light in that dark place. God has placed you there. I'm talking about willfully entering into some kind of a sinful, wrong relationship. See a lot of young people around here. So please hear me. Train yourself to be godly now. Now. He sees all things. He hears every word we speak. Gracious words are a honeycomb. Proverbs 16, 24 says. 
sweet to the soul and healing to the body. That's what should come out of our mouths. Not irreverent talk, as Paul says, of these people, godless myths and old wives' tales. Not words that hurt, but words that heal. Impatience, irritability. Where do you think all that comes from? An ungodly lifestyle. The tongue that is so quick to shred people to pieces and yet praises God at the same time. That's because you may be into the word, but the word is not in you. The word has to go inside to cleanse. Because we can read the Bible, I love these truths, I love this, but are you loving it? So much that you're willing to turn from your sin and show your behavior as a changed, changing person. Pursue godliness. That's the call. The values of non-Christians and professing Christians should have a marked difference. When we say we are the children of the Most High God, when we say that, you picked Stand Up For Jesus, right? It's a beautiful song to sing. But when we are standing up, are we standing up for Jesus or are we standing up for ourselves? Because we can say I'm standing up for Jesus, actually we, we're demanding what we want. That's not what a godly life should look like. Putting God first, living a God-conscious life. If you're old, you may look back and say, I wasted my life. You know what, this coming year can be a new beginning. That's the beauty of the gospel. Jesus Christ welcomes us again and again and again. 2024 can be the most godliest year of your life and of my life. And should the Lord will and give us 2025, that can become then the most godliest for our life. So progressively, we are increasing in becoming godly. We cannot have our lives contaminated by sin. But that starts with our thoughts not contaminated by sin. What you're thinking, what you're dreaming about, eventually shows out in action. Same thing. If you're thinking and reflecting on being godly, it will show out and you will truly be a godly person. If not, even though you want to be called godly person and people may still call you but the Lord looks and says ungodly and that's the verdict that will ultimately matter for all eternity let's pray Lord I pray that you will uh, help us to realize we cannot become godly on our own strength yes we are called to train ourselves, discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. But you've also given us all that is necessary for a life of godliness. The grace of God that we have received through Jesus Christ teaches us to say no to an ungodly lifestyle and to pursue a life that is pleasing in your sight. Oh Lord Jesus, I pray that those of us who are here today that you might work in our hearts to genuinely be godly people, 
starting with committing our lives to you, Lord Jesus, the only Savior through whom we can have forgiveness for sins. I pray if there is any here who has not experienced that, you will help them to see that they are sinners, guilty before you, O holy God. But you've taken a punishment on that cross and you invite them to put their trust in you and to ask you for forgiveness and you will so willingly forgive them, wash their sins away, give them a new heart and place your spirit inside of them and then they can pursue this godly life you are calling them to pursue. Help us all, Lord, to live a life that pleases you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.